Shandy Chernow, and you're listening to the Shandyland Podcast. Today, I am super excited because we are crossing the roads. You know, usually we've got food and beverage and hospitality one episode, and then food allergies the next episode, and we kind of hop back and forth between the two. Just in case you haven't noticed that we do that, it's pretty much every other episode. But today, we've got both. Joining me today is Chef Martha Morgan, who is the founder, CEO, and chief chef in charge of Allergy Dragon. Martha, thank you so much for being here. I'm so excited to talk to you. Thank you so much for, you know, inviting me. So you wouldn't give me a title. So I gave you all of them. I I agree. You know, that that sums (laughs) it up. I mean, what can't I do? Really? Yeah. (laughs) Let's do all the things. You you, you know, you're, you got it all covered. So I'm going to start on the chef side because I love me a good chef journey. Um, how did you decide that you wanted to become a chef? What was your like food aha moment? What's it like being a woman in chef land? Because it's a bit of a male dominated industry and you know, what brought you to where you are now? And then we'll jump into food allergy stuff. That was a lot of questions. I'm sorry. No, but but, Hey, that's good. Just, just throw them at me and I'll try to throw them back. And if I don't, you know, (laughs) be like, Hey, you didn't answer that one. I'm like, okay. Mm -hmm. So let's see, uh, first job was in fast food restaurants, um, at 16 years of age. So that's, that's where the food started from. Um, as far as the aha moment, I don't know if I really had an aha moment, except for the fact that I love the speed of it. And for like the first time in my life, everything made sense that was going around and I got to be creative and I got to not stand in one place, sit in one place, stand in one place. I could just it made sense. It's like a weird orchestra is the only way I can describe it or organized chaos. However you want to look at it, that's exactly the environment that I was in as far as in a restaurant. And well, the to-do list never ends, right? I mean. Yeah. There's always something to do and then every day is different. Even if it's the same menu, the day is different. You have diff- different people to interact with. So it's constantly changing your environment. And I just, I think I liked that kind of adrenaline rush from it. Um, and so I've worked everything from since I was 16 on, um, and then got into, you know, school, schooling and, uh, went ahead and started my chef's degree. And that was probably about 18, 19. I was like, I really like cooking. Um, I'm really good at it. Um, I managed several things, you know, I've had done everything in the fast food restaurant and I was like, well, let me go to this other place. And so it was more of a sit down type restaurant. I've done high end. I have done big banquet serving and that kind of thing, uh, kind of all of it. Um, I've ran spaghetti dinners for the kids because <laughs> that's what happens. Um, but for me, like I said, I, I wouldn't say it was like, a oh, I have to be a chef and I have to get this done. It just kind of flowed and it seemed to make sense to me. And I was really good at it. And then um, I, I was actually, we'd moved to Virginia, me and my husband. And it was before we had kids and stuff. And I ended up becoming pregnant while I was actually in chef school with my oldest at 20. Um, he was a surprise. It was like, hello. You know, my mom always says, uh, or used to say, you know, we make plans, God laughs. Because um, was, he wasn't supposed to be around until I was 24. I had a plan, right? Um, but anyway. <laughs> That's how that goes. Exactly. And good luck if you wrote down a birthing plan for him too. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and so, uh, you know, going to school, working, um, I, the, the male domineering field 
uh, aspect of it. I have been the only female in the kitchen. Sure. I have, I have definitely had a male come up to me and tell me he was a sous chef at the time because I was just hired in as a cook and they didn't know me from any, like I said, I had moved. Um, and other than being in a couple different restaurants, I'm here 18 years of age, been working since I was 15. And yeah, so they're going to boss me around. They're going to try to boss me around. Um, he told me that, hmm, they're making bets about how long this girl's going to last and things like that. You know, things that they can't really say anymore, um, at least not out loud. Uh, <laughs> um, say pretty much whatever they wanted to. Um, and then he told me at one point, he says, well, I won't help you. And I said, I didn't ask for your help. And so there was these, this, and I can't honestly, I've told the story so often. I have not, I can't remember what we prepped, but it was some type of dough that we prepped. And we did, they did 60 to 60 pound bat, batches of it. And they kept it for like three days. It was like the, the rollover time on it. And I was like, I can't lift 60 pounds. Even with the big, I was like, I can't. So I was like, I'm gonna do a 20. So I was doing three batches of 20, doing that. Well, then actually that made it last longer because of when you prepped it. So yeah, so then the the, the reduce was waste. The was the waste, waste was, was reduced. Yes, um, I like to things say things backwards. So you may have to fix that for me. And so waste was reduced, and um, all of a sudden the head chef goes, "Hey, who's been doing this prep?" And I was like, me? Wow, you know, we're, we're, we reduced our overall, you know, percentage for the month by 30% just with this one item. And I was like, wow. cool. Well, what made you think about it? I said, well, nobody around here wanted to help me. And it didn't make sense to me anyway. And I said, I could pick up 20 pounds. And I said, that also made it last longer. Okay. So the same guy that told me that he was going to have me fired, I had his job in six months. <laughs> then it became a challenge. <laughs> you know, I, instead of being told that, oh, back me down, um, you know, I could have gone and cried. The thing is, there was nobody there to, and I say cry and yell about it and scream, which I did to my husband. But there was nobody that was really going to take my side in that aspect because there is no female there representation to really say anything except for up front in the house to really lean on so it was kind of like just do or do not do and yeah. I was like you're not going to end me um so that's the first time unfortunately that's it's one of my favorite ones just because yeah I took his job anyway um now I earned his job there you uh, go that's the way to put it yeah so whether people however people want to look at it of course he said he, I took his job it's, it's okay you created um, efficiency Exactly. And so it's just changing the mindsets um, and, and making sure that you put yourself out there. And like I said, noticing that I was really good at this, but I really, that's really honestly what it was. And it just created a passion for it. And then I've tried to leave it and I've gone back. I just keep getting pulled back. So, I mean, yeah. I be like, oh, I'm tired of it. I'm not going to do it. You, you hit a wall or whatever. You're burnt out and it calls your name. It's this really weird thing. It, I'm coming back to it. I think I just, the word that we use for that is a passion. Yeah, a passion, a calling, however you want to look at it. Mm -hmm. So yeah, that's when I became obsessed. So about 18, 19, especially when the guy told me he was going yeah. to, to get me out of the kitchen. So you're happily chefing along, which is mm -hmm. great. You're being successful at it. And then you have a kid who gets diagnosed with food allergies. Walk me through that moment. 
How did you know? What did you find out? And how did that make you feel? Let's see. Um, so we have, I have one, two, and three. So my youngest um, is nine months old at the time. And um, she was eating strawberries for the first time. And I see her face start to swell up and her lips swell up. And I knew what it was happening. But we had no history of food allergies in the family. Um, so it was a call to 911 and nobody had an EpiPen. Mm-hmm. And um, so that was the first time I almost lost her. And uh, it, it was scary. It was eye-opening. It was it was life-changing, period. Did they send so, an ambulance? What happened? Sent an ambulance. And actually the paramedic that was there, one of the paramedics actually had their own EpiPen, looked at me and said, well, yeah. Wait, there wasn't one stocked on the ambulance? Oh, no, this was in 2002. I mean... And they were not stocked on the ambulance. And wow. in some places, it's still not. It's one of those other, so that's a whole nother conversation. <laughs> yeah, he gave her an adult dose. He gave me an adult, she was almost nine months and she was not a small one. He just looked at me and he's, she's turning purple. Um, and he just looked at me and said, I'm using your EpiPen on your daughter. Mm-hmm. And I said, whatever. And so I didn't even tell her until like, I think she was 17, yeah. exactly what transpired with that to her um aspect and um yeah he saved he saved her life that day and we went to the hospital and um you know that that started another I was like why wasn't there an EpiPen you know um that started a whole nother thing and then then the food and then I found out she was allergic to peanuts peanuts all tree nuts and strawberries yeah and so we started with three she lost the peanut allergy, but still refuses to eat them and now has a, a total of 33 food allergies and she has anaphylactic over half of them. Wow. Yeah. And, um, so the, all those ups and downs, the first thing I was, I was like, how am I going to work? <laughs> <laughs> what, what am I going to do here? I, I don't know. I mean, that was my first thing was how am I going to work? Like, how can I go and we use peanuts, we use tree nuts. We, um, what do I do? So then it was like, you know, we were to use gloves this way, but at the same time, it's on my, you know, so then it became a, a habit of, I would change my clothes. I had clothes I changed there. Then I would change back into those clothes. These other clothes would be in a bag. And then I would come home. I couldn't touch her just, I mean, cause just cause I washed my hands. I don't know where it's at. I'm in this environment for 12, 10 to 12 hours a day. And so the hardest thing would be like, get her away from me, get her away from me. Oh, honey, I'll be right back. Ah, she doesn't know why mom can't touch her because right. it's what mommy. And so then I had to go take a shower and, and that kind of thing. And so we, we learned to be developed as time went on. So I could still do my job because I had at that time, it'd been almost 10 years, you know, in the industry, actually it was like eight years and I had a really good job and, and, and I was starting to make my name known and and then, um, like I said, it was 2002, so there was a labeling. It was hard to find labeling. I, I, it was just insane. I remember going to the grocery store for the first time and being overwhelmed for two hours trying to read it, everything. And then I just was like, well, I'm going to make it from scratch. It's, it's just easier. So that became batch cooking and, and learning what we can and can't have. And then, like I said, it, it grew, it grew from there. And, um, like, you know, we had no dot, we had, dial up internet, you know, <laughs> we didn't have Google. <laughs> um, and nobody knew about allergies. It was kind of like, here, don't be, feed your peanuts, tree nuts and strawberries and good luck with that. 
And so here comes something that you've made a career and a passion and a calling out of food, Mm -hmm. which then tries to attack and kill your daughter. That dichotomy has got to be such a strange feeling. Where was your head at in that? My head mainly was, even if I couldn't keep doing what I was doing, I just wanted my daughter to to survive. I wanted my daughter to have a great life. I didn't want her to be scared of food. I didn't want her to be scared of me because of what I do. Mm-hmm. Um, I wanted her to be in control. And so then it actually, I think, turned and pivoted after I went through that moment of meltdown. Because I think you have to let your have yourself have that meltdown. You have to have the mommy meltdown and freak out and go, is this the worst thing that could happen? No, the worst thing that could happen is she not survive. Mm-hmm. So what do we do from here? How do I make her empower her uh, and make her just succeed and, you know, not be scared of all these things? Well, I tried the best I could (laughs) and, and I put her in the kitchen with me and we, you know, we cleaned everything off. We explained things, of course, age appropriate as I could, but she stayed in the kitchen with me. My all of my kids were because it was just a natural place for me to be hot when I'm home as I could just as much. And it just, it just really developed this relationship between us, but I also had to like help her relationship with control. And so then she would be okay with like, if I went to, if she caught something from my restaurant, she would be okay, but she would be very, you know, cautious when she would go out to another restaurant, Mm -hmm. even more so cautious because she knew that those people may not have been as trained as, or, or whatever. Mom's not watching them. Aware. Yeah. Yeah. They're not as aware. And, um, you know, I always say that, like, they're like, what is the one thing that you wish you knew as an allergy mom that you, you know, and I would have been like, I'm always like, get a good therapist. Mm. You never know when you're going to need them. And for you or for your daughter? For family. And I always say it's, it's for you and for your daughter and just get a family one. Um, but you never know when you're going to need them. And that we had a couple of times where it was just like, I don't, I don't know how to get to, to through to her to not be scared. And, you know, and that, and that goes, and the thing is, is like with her, with Kara's allergies, I actually ended up finding out I had food allergies that I didn't know about. Welcome to the party. Yeah, exactly. She got them (laughs) from me, but um, she was about a year old when we had the first testing done. And so all the testing, we found out exactly what she was and we did the elimination diet to make sure a couple of them we had already had reactions with. So we were pretty much don't need to test that one again. Right. Um, and so then they encouraged me to have testing done. And then I found out I was allergic to chocolate. And of course it, it was like this, the scare, you know, I, so I did the elimination diet and then added, um, chocolate in, and I'm definitely allergic to chocolate. I'm very allergic to chocolate. And unfortunately she has an allergy as well. Um, so I have very odd allergies, not things that are not, not commonplace. They're not odd. Uh, yeah, I know, but you know, the top eight is what I was referring to. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, the top eight or top nine now, since we have mm-hmm. nothing added. Um, and so, so with her, I actually found out some of my issues and I've always had a weight issue and things like that. And a lot of health issues. And, uh, then, uh, found out she has celiac disease. I have celiac disease and my oldest son has celiac disease. And so there we are, it's eight years into this. And all of a sudden we have celiacs thrown into it, which is now going on 13 years now for us now um, being diagnosed with it. But it's like every time you think that you have it 
tamed or you have it figured out, it changes, it changes. And that's what people don't understand. Uh, As good as you are as a cook or that kind of thing, somebody was like, I can have a reaction today, but then all of a sudden tomorrow they have a reaction, it's way worse, or it's a different food. And they're ever changing. And there's no way to just whip it one time and be done. And, you know, uh, being told, oh, well, just, uh, you know, avoid nuts and avoid this and let them sit at the table and, and, and that kind of thing and being an advocate for your child. And you're like, no, it's way, way more than that. You know, it's way more than her being sitting at this peanut free table, which that's a whole nother. That's a whole nother thing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah that's, that's a, a pet peeve of mine, the peanut free table. Yeah, it is mine too. And it's just like, (laughs) you know, excluding the kid, but not the food that, 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 that was a thing. I'm almost like, what, you know, Mm -hmm. we had had one moment with that in, in, in in, uh, first grade. Um, So you take all these challenges and a passion for food still, and then you start allergy dragon. Tell me all about it. Allergy dragon started in 2018. I just started making a YouTube channel at the time. And then it officially became a company in 2019. Um, But I just wanted to help people. I wanted to, people with the food allergies and celiac disease, like, you know, anybody that has a food intolerance or or an allergy or something they can't eat, whether it's a health condition, they get complacent. They get into a safety zone. Um, You get, you feel like, you know, I'm in my house and this is safe and this is what I can do. But even though you're in your house, you kind of still get in a bubble of constriction. You get into the same old, same old. And it's like, oh, I'm going to go meal prep or oh, I'm going to do that. And the fun's not there anymore. And I grew up with, that's, you know, a Southern kitchen. And that's where you you mingle. That's where your family is. That's the heart of your, your home is in the kitchen. And it was like, well, I'm going to, I rework these, you know, recipes for Kara so she can have them. I rework these do, you know other things I've had people reaching out to me at this time going how how do you cook like this and I just wanted people to know that they have a right to have delicious food no matter what your restrictions are and I want you to be happy and have fun again in the kitchen and it's so hard to do because it's it, it's hard to get that mindset back and so to what take what services uh, can people requisition from Allergy Dragon uh, we offer, um, actually, I, I offer consultations. So I can do one-on-one consultations. I always offer a 30-minute free one, free consultation. I have plenty of videos out there. I have a blog site at allergydragon.com that has plenty of recipes. Um, you can always message me a quick question if it's something about a recipe and something about substitution. But I try to stick with all top nine allergy-friendly. I try to stick with gluten-free. And then my daughter's allergies having 33 of them. Uh, everything has no garlic in it. Everything has like, there's no tomatoes. Um, so I, I try to come up with, I call it um, allergy friendly versus allergy safe because I try to be as allergy friendly as I can. And you can be allergic to anything. And so if there's something that's not on there, you can do that type of thing. I offer online classes through Rainbow Blossom. And I also will you know do classes uh, with people if they want to like doing uh, one-on-one and that kind of thing. So in the consultations, are you helping people figure out, you know, how to cook their kind of favorite foods without the things that they can no longer have or how to expand their repertoire in the kitchen or what's that look like? It's, it's all of the above. I actually consult with, re, uh, with restaurants and with companies. 
uh, to, to help them with the, their, their uh, training and with like recipes in general. But with individuals, same thing. They can bring me grandma's recipe and go, how in the world do I get this to work with whatever? Um, or uh, it, a kid that has never cooked in their life and all of a sudden finds out that they have tons of food allergies. And I say kid, I'm talking about somebody that's 18, 19. Sure. <laughs> and have come to me and just want to like have a one-on-one Zoom call and we'll be in the kitchen together and we'll go over everything from boiling water to peeling potatoes to basics. Or if you want to up your game and really, you know, you know, talk about dicing and slicing and some of the other techniques that come with chef, I can do that too. So it really, it's, it's up to the person. And that's why I try not to be like, oh, well, it's a customized and this is what I do. The, you know, I may not be able to help you. You may be thinking that, because uh, what I do is I help you taste your food tastes good. Um, I do have, you know, I'm not a dietitian, but I've worked in the kitchen before in restaurants. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, in the hospital, I have done that for seven, I did that for seven years. I didn't add that into my thing. So it popped in my head now. I was like, see? Um, there's always more. There's always more. There's always more to the story than you think. Uh, mm-hmm. So I always say, I always tell my daughter to think about it. Like, you know, there's, you're always more awesome than you think you are. And you sit back and you're like, why didn't I say that? Why didn't I say that? I was like, well, because it wasn't at the time you didn't feel like it was important. Um, So I can see uh, having friends that are chefs and having gone out to eat and they always like to take over my food allergy conversation because they're more familiar with what's happening in the kitchen, which is totally fair. Mm -hmm. As a chef and food allergy mom, how did you start to hand over that conversation to her and feel like, you know, you used the word empower earlier, feel like you could trust that she can have it, you know, on her own? I, I think because the, that she had so much training in the kitchen, I should say, because she, she used to call herself my sous chef. So my sous chef, has so much training and then you have the knowledge of how much that can go wrong. So I think it empowers people to the aspect of, you know, what's going on in that kitchen. Mm-hmm. Um, so when, you, when I'm asking questions on, and I'm sure you've done the same thing. I was like, if they have gluten-free pasta, great. How do you warm that gluten-free pasta up? We're using the same water. Is it in a pasta magic? And they're like, what's the pasta magic? Well, that, that happens to be a machine that warms up your wine. Guess what? It's going to be, you know, or do they do centrifugion and do they have a separate one and, and that kind of thing. So she really knows the details. And I'm not saying that somebody who doesn't know the details can't, but I think the, the more you train people to like, really, I need to know what that is. And since she's actually gone off to college, she really has taken over because fish is one of her worst allergens. She can't even be in the room. Can't, her food cannot be around it. She can't even be around it cooking. And so when we were talking to the chef, um, I went to the initial visit, but of course, she, after that, she's, it's on her. And uh, he was like, well, I've been doing this for 18 years and they actually have a section, you know. Can I not roll my eyes any harder at that? I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah. I've been doing this for 18 years. Great. They actually have a section. They have one, one section, but they have multiple kitchens. They have two different kitchens in the area. And he has one section that is actually top eight allergen friendly. So he starts talking. So he actually understands the concept. So one, not all chefs do. 
True. It, it, but what happens to the people who have allergens outside of the top eight? I mean, exactly. I'm never a fan of top eight or top nine free anything, to be honest. It, it's exclusionary to everybody else. And a lot of people only have one or two in the top nine. And then, you know, they can't have a lot of the things that they could potentially. Sorry, it's a it's right up there with the peanut free table for me. You know, it's okay. I totally get it because that's exactly how I felt. Mm-hmm. So what I did in, in the initial interview, when we were talking about to this school, um, and I said, I, 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 I interrupted him and said, that's great. I've been doing it for 27 years and I've been her mother for 18. Mm-hmm. So I need to know, can you process this, the fish in a kitchen without any fish? Can I, you basically have to shoot down the attitude. You may know your job. That's great. I'm not telling you how to do your job, but I'm telling you how to make my food and make it safe. And if I don't feel safe, and she actually said this part, she said, because we had talked about it beforehand, and she he because he was like, Well, is this like a deal breaker type of thing? And I said, Yes, it's a deal breaker type of thing. And she she piped in because she was like, Mom, you need to calm down. But she, she put her little hand on mine and she said, Yes, because if I don't feel comfortable here and I don't feel safe, how can I get an education? person's attitude completely changed and he is now one of her favorite people yeah. but yeah it's oh, um, that's a good story I like that it is a good story I was but, all ready to go rumble you know I, I we did it already um but thank <laughs> you. I, if I needed you I could have called you in um so for backup I'd have been but, on the team man yeah and it was just and unfortunately for him him being a male I've had that male chef attitude and it was just like yeah <laughs> and she picked right up on it and so it was like he does know his stuff and and I always say that it's not you're not being overconfident if you can back it up you know it's not cockiness if you can back it up um and so once we got through the, to that the layer of cockiness off and realized that this guy knows exactly what he's doing and he's actually going to take care of her but the biggest thing is you have to make sure that they know it's their life it's their comfort and I've always tried to instill that in her that if you don't feel comfortable in the situation whether it is you know with the boyfriend or with anybody else with your food you you can't trust it and you're not going to have a good education you're not going to have a good time you're not going to you're not going to you're going to be worried about everything else yeah so and we've gone through all the anxiety and all that good stuff that comes along with it. And it, the anxiety still comes up and it's still something that you have to deal with. And that's why I always say have a good, good counselor. So, but uh, yeah. definitely know the people that are making your food. And if you don't feel comfortable with them, I tell them all the time. I'm, I tell people that I've gotten to know and they're like, well, as an industry, being in the industry, how do you feel about it? If somebody is cutting you, I said, well, I let them speak for a little bit. Then I cut them off and go, great this is what I need to know from you. And if you can't do that, then I'll just leave. We're cool. Well, and, and so you're either going to get a good response from it um, or you're not. Yeah. And I don't try to be mean or nasty. Um, just fact-based. Just fact-based and go, okay, well then, and don't have beef. Don't feel bad about leaving. And don't so feel bad about- Tell everybody <laughs> where they can find you online, how they can best connect with you. Uh, to ask their questions. I think that you are an absolute wealth of information and that the services that you offer are fantastic. Thank you so much. Um, allergydragon.com 
you can Google it, but it's allergydragon.com is a direct thing. Um, uh, Allergy Dragon on YouTube, you can search it. It's up there too. Everything is linked. I'm on Instagram, Twitter, um, LinkedIn, all that good stuff. I'm actually doing a uh, IG live tonight, but anyway, so IG, Instagram, um, and uh, it's you look good to see me pretty much. Allergy Dragon everywhere. I like it. Um, okay, so then uh, I think that that you were well warned about two truths and a lie. I like to wrap all these episodes up the same way with my favorite little torture game. And we're starting to put them on TikTok slowly but surely as I figure that out, being old and stuff. Uh, so in no particular order and without revealing which one's the lie, Martha, let us know. What are your two truths and a lie? Okay, I am prepared. Let's see here. So growing up, my dream job was to actually become a school teacher. I have been frozen to a walk-in freezer floor. <laughs> and, <laughs> um, I didn't see I, that one coming, by the way. <laughs> and now I have you wondering. And so uh, what's called, and then the last one is, um, I am a former spelling bee champion. Very good. I like it. Well, Chef Martha Morgan, Allergy Dragon in Chief, thank you so much for being here. I very much appreciate it. Uh, I'm sure that everyone learned something here today and will feel more empowered in having their own uh, food allergy conversations. So thank you, listeners, as always. Thanks for sticking around. This has been the Shandyland Podcast, and we will talk to you soon.